This podcast is proudly supported by Drama Victoria. Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama students and teachers. This is a script tease episode where we will talk through some of the world's greatest plays, jump through the major plot points, give some background, and of course, spoil the endings, all in less than five minutes. We do the hard work so you can do the easy listening. Today, we do The Visit by Frederick Duermott in 1956. Why is it called that? The Visit is a story of a wealthy woman returning to her hometown after 45 years to buy justice and act out revenge on the man who betrayed her. So The Visit is about this whirlwind arrival of Claire and the hopes the town have. She has been throwing money around elsewhere and they hope for some of that love. A big deal is made of her arrival. The title has a double speak quality, as you can imagine the citizens of the town referring to this event as The Visit in future, as a way of distancing themselves from the truth. We open on a dilapidated railway station in a fictional Swiss town of Gulen. Famed billionaires Claire is coming. Gulen was once a renowned cultural capital, but it's now in economic depression. They hope that Claire, who comes from Gulen, might throw some cash their way. And now we meet the male lead, Alfred Ill, a well-respected town member who is about to be mayor. We discover he and Claire were lovers, and they hope that he can leverage that to get the money. Claire arrives earlier than expected, ruining their welcoming plans and throwing them off guard. Ill is the first to welcome her and showers her with compliments, but this doesn't work. Claire reminds Ill that they are old and fat. She shows him many of her prosthetic limbs. We also meet their entourage, Butler Bobby, Henchman Robbie, and then Toby, and then blind eunuch Kobe and Lobby, and seventh husband Modi. We meet several other husbands throughout. She likes rhyming names. Her extravagances throw the people, but out of all the lavishments she brings, an empty coffin is the most worrisome. We move to the pub where we find the out that Ill actually left Claire for the wealthier Matilda. This saw Claire become a prostitute where she met her first husband, a wealthy oil magnate. After a walk, a banquet is being held in Claire's honour. Claire pledges $1 billion on one condition, that someone kill Alfred Ill. Naturally, upsetting Ill, who thought they were getting along. The butler explains, 45 years ago, Claire had bought a paternity case against Ill. Ill denied that he was the father, and he bribes two witnesses to say they had slept with Claire as well. Claire loses the trial, and then she is exiled. We find out that the witnesses are Kobe and Loby. She had them blinded and castrated. She only wants justice for what he did, and now she can afford it. Citing the town's value of human life over capital, the mayor rejects the offer. Claire says that she will wait until they change their minds. In the days following the dramatic banquet, Ill sees an increase in business at the general store that he manages. His customers have started buying luxury items on credit. Ill suspects his neighbours of considering Claire's proposal as they are buying goods in advance for the billion dollar donation. Ill visits the policeman, the mayor, the priest, and they have all begun to live beyond their means. The townspeople say they will not accept Claire's offer. Their spending doesn't stop though. Ill attempts to flee town on the train, but a mob of townspeople stop him. Claire's panther escapes and she watches the townspeople chase after it. Claire is divorcing her eighth husband right after marrying him. The doctor and the teacher explain to her that the town is in debt and they need the money, but they're not willing to kill ill. They suggest that Claire could invest in the town and reap financial reward as it produces profit. But, scandal, she reveals that she owns the town's industry and already and purposefully has run it into the ground so her death bribe could be more appealing. At the store, customers have taken to sympathising with Claire and criticising Ill, which is a big change. 
Journalists come and ask questions about Ill and Claire's relationship and receive glowing reports of young love. The teacher, who is now drunk, almost speaks the truth about the ultimatum, but is quietened before the journalists leave. After keeping to himself for days, Ill reappears and speaks with the teacher, who tells him the town cannot resist the temptation. Ill promises to defer to the town's verdict after the town meeting. Ill refuses to kill himself, as startly advised by the mayor, demanding the townspeople kill him themselves and take responsibility. Ill spends what he thinks will be his last few hours with his family, and he tries reconciling with Claire. She admits to still loving Ill, but the years of heartache have turned it rotten. In death, she can possess him. Ill heads to the public meeting, which is well attended by townspeople and reporters. The town votes on the issue of justice, rather than explicitly talking about death to avoid the bad press. They vote to accept Claire's money, and they murder Ill while the journalists are at dinner, telling them that he died of joy, having heard the news of Claire's generosity. Claire collects Ill's body, gives the money and leaves. We finish with the townspeople celebrating their wealth. If you didn't know the play before, you do now, a bit. If you like the sound of it, have a read. That was Script Tease. Remember, this was just our version of the play's story, highlighting the bits that we think are important. You may also have your favourite bits and moments you'd like to mention. If you do, please leave a comment on SoundCloud or Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. That is all from us at The Aside in this episode of Script Tease. There are a load of episodes in the bank, including more script teasers and over 200 episodes of The Aside. If you would like to ask us a question, don't hesitate to do so at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. Thank you to Aaron Searle for providing the music. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And of course, thank you for listening.